Welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Ann Helbig the First. We have Mike Falzone, rhymes with Calzone. He'll find that out on this episode with us. I'm so thrilled. He is such a kind, genuine soul, a fellow East Coaster that moved west to pursue comedy. And he's just got such a goddamn precious, wonderful, optimistic outlook on life. And I'm so thrilled that he was here. Also, his hair just is like pretty and bouncy and healthy and curly and nice. We don't talk about it at all. Just know that I was thinking it the whole time. Enjoy this very exciting episode of Not Too Deep with Mike Falzone. Not not Too Deep. This episode of Not Too Deep is brought to you by You Won't Believe It, but it's Squarespace. Turn your great idea into reality with Squarespace. They make it easier than ever to launch your passion project. You're going to showcase some work? You want to sell some products of any kind? They got beautiful templates for you and the ability to customize just about anything. So you can make a beautiful website all by yourself. Super simple, super easy. But if you do get stuck, which is no shame on you, they have 24-7 award-winning customer support that is there to help. So head to squarespace.com grace for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code grace to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. <laughs> Mike Falzone is here. Hello. Hello. I'm very excited. Same. The king of podcasts. You have, what, 12 of them <laughs> right now? It's, two. It's the least amount of podcasts I've ever had. It's uh, two. It's, <laughs> wait, how many more have you had in the past? No, I used to be on the SourceFed one all the time. Right, right, and right. And then the one with uh, Welcome to Our Podcast with me and Zoya. Yes. And then Dynamic Banter with me and Steve. Right. And so, okay, you weren't, were you part of SourceFed or were you just like, giving them free work <laughs> not free not free oh that's good not free <laughs> but also i told them that i wouldn't be like full-time but gotcha. then it, it uh towards the end i was like i'll be here as much as you want me to be here gotcha 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 yeah how do you because you also do your youtube channel where it's kind of like ruminations and thoughts on life and things and observations about stuff mm. um do you ever get tired of talking yeah <laughs> and you do stand up and you do all these things that i'm like how does he consistently have something to say grace i'm an only <laughs> child <laughs> i've had something to say for as long as i've been able to say <laughs> yeah okay that makes a lot of sense you've prepared your whole life for this career that you're in right now i didn't a lot of people don't know this i didn't talk for the first 14 years of my life <laughs> so it's all just stuff that your i've parents had built are just up. completely terrified of you <laughs> yeah. uh, they didn't know what my voice sounded oh like. oh my god okay but i want to go back through because i was like going through your history of everything. And I forgot a lot of things that you started on YouTube in 2006. Six, January. Jan you remember the day? Yeah. How did the you day find? was January 2006. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite That's days. how I chronicle time. <laughs> uh, 12 days a year. Yeah. I exist for 12 days a year and then I get <laughs> older. Um, so how did you find YouTube? <clears throat> I was a musician. Right. Because you started doing music. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I'm kind of, or we are kind of of the generation where it's like, if you make something and you want to get it out to as many people as possible, the the internet was a very like new and accessible thing. Mm -hmm. So I had music on like mp3.com and MySpace. <laughs> yeah. And when YouTube popped up, it was just like another smart place to, to put stuff. Really? So. But in 2006, like I didn't know about it until 07, 08-ish. Uh -huh. Yeah. But I didn't even understand what it was yeah i mean that's another good part of being an only child it's like <laughs> something new pops up on the internet you're gonna know about it. you're like i don't have anyone else to talk to so <laughs> yeah. i'll talk to this box that has moving pictures on it essentially man and i didn't know what i was doing on it for a long time but then you know like anything else you find what yeah. you like doing or one thing hits it big and then you repeat that over and over again until no one gives a shit about it. Until you hate yourself and no yeah. one cares anymore. And then you move on, sort of. You kind of pivot, yeah. sort of. I mean, luckily it hasn't been – I've never hated it. Like I've been super exhausted and fried, <laughs> yeah. you know. I've hated other things about it sure. for years. But I've never hated what I've done because I always kind of do what I want. Mm -hmm. And I try to make it um, useful. Yeah. No, that's super smart. And also, like, what was the move from music to comedy for you? When did that happen? Uh, it was basically, I played music so many days a year for so long because mm -hmm. that's what you had to, I was like a, like a, um, 
working harder instead of working smarter type person. Yeah. So I kind of burnt myself out on music. And then eventually it's like, I would be playing this, these songs either with a band or by myself. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would love making people laugh either during or in between the songs more than I liked the process of writing and playing the songs. So then it was just like a very seamless transition. Yeah. 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 When did you start doing stand up? 2007 or eight. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I was in Connecticut, so I couldn't do like the every night, three times a night, every night. Oh, the full fucking hustle that yeah. everyone does out here. The, I still have never done stand up because it terrifies me. Mm, it's not that bad. Mm, I've seen some stuff. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. has kept me in my lane. Uh, what was the thing that finally like made you go up on stage and do stand up? Um, I don't know. I, I think it was because eventually what I was doing in between my songs was like the crowd work stuff. Yeah. And then um, I always just didn't think I was smart enough to write jokes like <laughs> peers were writing jokes. Sure. I use quotation fingers when I say peers. <laughs> I've been friends with um with Andrew Santino for a long time. Yeah. And uh, he was always like, you know, like I was the internet guy and he was the stand-up guy. And I always had so much admiration for for what he did. And then I would see certain people who got up on stage and talked to the audience like I talk and laugh with my friends. Mm-hmm. Like um, Chris D'Elia was a yeah. was a person that makes his audience laugh almost the exact way me and my friends make each other laugh. And I was like, oh, if I could figure out like my way to do that, mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm set. And yeah. this is where like... You know, they say it takes you 10 to 15 years to find your voice. So I've never regretted any of the music stuff. I still miss it from time to time. But Hmm. that was like the journey of me finding my voice in stand-up. Did you ever have, because I had this like real push-pull-struggle-ish situation because I did improv and like YouTube was like my secret, you know, guilty thing. Yeah. That like being taken seriously in like the actual comedy world Uh that like it's... I don't know why I had and still feel kind of embarrassed, like talking yeah, about dude. YouTube to like people that do stand up every night. Because that... everyone has such a negative opinion about because yeah. there's so much um, horse shit yeah. on the Internet and people blow up from from doing horse shit. And yeah. that's fine because it's it's fun. If it entertains your audience, mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing. But people get. um you know how comedians are. They hold everything to such a high standard. And they're like, oh, if you're on the internet where all these other people are, you must be one of them. Yeah. And no one gives a shit about your struggle or Mm -hmm. what you've done to to make your way. But then, like, I'm lucky enough now that people see you do it over and over again. And Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, you're one of us. You're not one of them. But I worked very hard for that to happen. Oh, yeah. No. And people don't realize that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. And then there's also like the, the counter to that, too, is that there's stand ups that suck. So like when you say <laughs> yeah, you're a stand up yeah. comedian, you can also be like, that's not that impressive yeah. either, because there's I'm a, a lot of people. Oh, no. But wait. But, but I also do YouTube. <laughs> 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 like, oh, shit. Oh, Let me get fuck. you some water. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so you have this crowd work show, which <clears> is <throat> nuts to me because. Not only are you doing stand-up, which is terrifying, but you're also now going up without any actual rehearsed jokes and you're talking to people in the audience and just actually... Speaking of things that a lot of people have respect for. (laughs) (laughs) But it must be meditative because you have to be so present in that moment and like really connect with people or completely disconnect with people that are fully disconnected. Have there been any standout insane moments of having to do this? I think just the fact that I get to do it and it's such like it's become such a popular thing Mm -hmm. and like and you're so good at it thanks man which is like a muscle that I don't think people realize is like hard to flex yeah well a lot of like traditional stand-up people talk a lot of shit about crowd work because it's not crafting a joke which is art and a puzzle that you're always putting together I guess yeah but it's also like you know I'm 34 I don't give a shit about (laughs) like I know what I do I don't give a fuck about (laughs) if no one has respect for me or not Uh uh-huh like as long as Zoya is still around, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as my wife leaves me because I'm a bad comedian, then I'll start to reevaluate my shit. Yeah. But it really is just this thing that like, it's from music. It's from, dude, I used to, I always go back to, I used to play music um, at this place in Fairfield, Connecticut called The Chef's Table. And the owner, his name was Rich. He used to let me get up for like 
three or four hours at a time from like lunch to dinner when mm -hmm. people would be coming in and out of this deli. Uh -huh. And I used to just be in the corner or whatever. <laughs> and no one gave a shit. I was just background noise, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I'm playing, you know, my cry cry songs about why girls don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> and then the only way to keep people engaged and to let them know who you are was to like talk to them and make them laugh in yeah. between. So it's just like, Literally, there was one year where I looked back at my MySpace page. Oh, hell yeah. And I was having like <laughs> 250 shows a year where most of them would be like, you know, I take my college courses uh -huh. at Fairfield University, which was down the street. And okay. then I walk with my guitar and I'd sit in the corner of this deli and play for like four hours. You're a beatnik. Yeah. Hell yeah, <laughs> man. And I could never find the right hat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Berets didn't cut it back then. Yeah. They're very in yeah. now. Yeah. But it's my favorite thing. And I think especially now with like... There's nothing wrong with any style of stand-up. If mm -hmm. you're making people happy now in 2019 where everyone's all fucking bummed out about yeah. everything all the time, you're doing a great job. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that everything is so scripted and polished. Like even reality TV is so, so shiny. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, that I think people really get a lot out of going to a – paying for a ticket and you go to a place and you know that that's never going to happen again. Yeah. And so I love being able to give people that. Also, it's kind of terrifying as an audience member. You know you're walking into a lion's den where you yeah. are fair game for all these comedians that yeah. are coming up that like, I don't know, had I not known you, would ever want to go to one of those shows. <laughs> but it, that's another thing is like people inherently think it's like a negative roasty thing. Mm -hmm. And it definitely – our show is like rarely that. Yeah. Because it's not dealing with a heckler. No. It's trying to make something out of a conversation. Mm. Dude, I was like, I have this show that I, I do every Tuesday. I'm lucky enough to be able to drop in on the show called Heavy Heavy Lolo. It's at Bar Lubitsch in okay. West Hollywood. And it starts at 11 o'clock at night. And mm. there's rarely more than like eight people there. Yeah, yeah. And I had four hecklers last night. <laughs> So half the crowd was heckling. Yeah, yeah. I think two of them were in the bathroom at the time. So 75% of the crowd is hecklers. So dealing with them is completely different than trying to give someone an enjoyable experience. But also like, yeah, the, the idea that they're on a weekday night spending their time trying to cut you down yeah. for like pursuing art. Yeah. It's like so inherently sad. Dude, it was, I had so much fun, man. Oh yeah. I was like, they destroyed like the first comic that went up. My, my buddy Tommy hosted. Were they, were they individuals? Were they working together? Completely individual. <laughs> and this is a real thing. There was a guy, the first guy shouting everybody out was named Chad. <laughs> And he was just as white as you could be. Yeah. He looked like a cloud with a beard. <laughs> and he had a button-up, like, bro finance shirt. Sure, of course. And he was obviously sitting like this. Yeah, just fully man-spreading. He was open. Yeah. <laughs> and then he ended up, by the end of the conversation, I was trying to find out everything I could about him. And, like, obviously the conversation went to his trust fund at one point. Are you serious? And so he was just, I was like, dude, somebody put you here. Oh, my. You know, like, you got cast for this. <laughs> yeah. You're the most L.A. douchebag I've ever heard. Yeah, you're and he's trying to like ruin oh. these art for these poor comedians trying to get better at 1130 at night. Oh, my God. And then there was another woman who was like, I don't need to be here. I'm a writer. And she was like wasted and very oh, like no. about herself, which is very popular. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, yeah, it's very yeah. in to be very uh, yeah. self-important. Yeah. And at one point I was like, what do you write? Is, yeah. You know, I'm trying to mine stuff. And she's like, I don't need to give you my whole resume. And then um, I was like, okay, then you're done. And then at one point she was like, oh, can't handle talking to a strong independent woman, huh? Oh, no. And by this point I was like, I don't know if you've met my, my wife. I assume that you haven't, <laughs> but she's Albanian. Do you know any Albanian people? And then like got me on this whole. Oh, that's amazing. People make a lot of assumptions. Oh, a hundred percent. Also, it must be fun. Like you're giving people almost by accident therapy sessions. Yeah. <laughs> you let people talk. They'll give you some shit for sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, is there, cause you travel, you're on the road a lot too. And you do shows. Is there a particular spot in that you've traveled to that's like perfect for your standup? Um, I really don't know. We I've had really good experiences. I haven't had any bad experiences, especially with uh the crowd work show. Mm -hmm. And I mean, doing the mixture of crowd work and and written materials, you can kind of if people are there to have a good time, yeah. I can kind of make any show 
the vibe that I mm-hmm. want it to be by mixing those two things. But you guys, weren't you just in Nashville? Yeah. You and Steve did dynamic banter down there. How, yeah, that shows. looked awesome. It was so cool. Man. How was that doing the podcast live? I think it's great. It's just talking to Steve. I don't even think about <laughs> it as a podcast because it's just. No, it really is just like as an audience listening to. I was listening to your most recent episode on the way over. Mm. It's just like being allowed in on a friendship conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really sweet. And it's the same thing going back to the Chris D'Elia thing. It's like I laugh with Steve like I used to laugh with my friends from back home. Mm-hmm. And like moving out here and you know how it is. You start your whole life over, especially yeah. coming from the East Coast. It's like completely different group of people. Totally. So if you find Find someone you could just be like totally stupid, silly with, mm-hmm. and then you could somehow monetize that. <laughs> That's the dream. That's yeah. the actual so tangible dream. So we really, dream. like, I live the dream with everyone from here that I like, that I do stuff with. Oh, like that's the so fucking great. crowd work shows, living the dream, being able to do this stuff with Steve and laugh like little kids. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Oh no, that's so, so fun. Okay. Let's talk about Zoya, your wife. Hell yeah. Strong, independent Albanian woman. How did you guys meet each other? She came to a show. Oh really? In Connecticut when I was still (gasps) doing a mixture of music and comedy. I was doing these question jar shows. Okay. Um, Got inspiration from that from a guy named Mike Doty who used to, you know, he, he, is an awesome songwriter. And then he would have this question jar and he'd reach into it and answer anonymous questions. Uh-huh. And I was already doing that on the internet. Yeah. So I was like, might as well do it here. And she had just been through like a really bad breakup and her friends dragged her out and they were like, you got to come see this guy. He's so good looking. So <laughs> uh, she was dragged there by a bunch of her friends. And, uh, and I saw her and I was like, she's like stupid cute. <laughs> And it was in Connecticut. And I was like, but I know everyone here. I've never seen this person. (laughs) Connecticut's a small town. Yeah, Connecticut's my favorite city. (laughs) (laughs) So she came out and then uh, she was just real cool about it. And then I found her on on Facebook afterwards. Oh, you stalked her out on Facebook after? I don't know if you like coffee, but I like (laughs) coffee. And then I asked her out on a date to a Starbucks. Oh, that's so East Coast cute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then because um, Starbucks is the fancy place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, she, there were two Starbuckses. One <laughs> is a standalone building in the parking lot of the mall. Yes. And then one is a kiosk inside the Target in the mall. These both make sense. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, so she went to the kiosk and I went to the standalone and she was like, I'm here. Like, I don't have a lot of time. What are you doing? And I was like, where are you? She's like, I'm in the Target. And I said, do you think I asked you to a kiosk? <laughs> That's amazing. So like she was nervous and I was nervous and it was, uh, it was nice. And then I fucked it up a bunch of times and now we're married. And now you're married. Yeah. I mean, it's a modern romance. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. But I also, you know, wouldn't put it past you know, someone inviting you to a kiosk. <laughs> yeah. If you're ever going near the mall someone in looks general. Like me. <laughs> hey, in you know Target? You know they have coffee in Target? And then we'll go to the Sunglass Hut. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. We'll, maybe we'll splurge on some Ray-Bans. It'll be cool. I actually need some vacuum cleaner bags. So <laughs> yeah. if you want to maybe make out after that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break on this height of romance when we get back. More with Mike Falzano. Not too deep. We'll be right back. Guess what? Yep, you guessed it. This episode of Not Too Deep is sponsored by our dear, dear friends over at Squarespace. Turn your dream into a reality with Squarespace. They make it easier than ever to launch your passion project. Look, if you want to build a website, if you want to start a new business, you want to showcase work, you want to publish content, sell products, they are the tool for you. They have beautiful templates. World-class designers have helped build them, and they have the ability for you to customize just about anything with a few clicks, and you can make a beautiful website all by yourself. But if you are a little like wary or unsure, they have award-winning customer service that's 24-7 that you can hit up. I mean, buying their domains is simple. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. There's nothing to patch or upgrade ever. And they have a powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything online. And they have analytics that help you grow in real time. So if you are at all interested in any of the above, go to squarespace.com slash grace for a free trial. And when you are ready to launch, use the offer code grace to save 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain. Web sort 
web sort, I mean, maybe that's available as a domain name, a website or domain, that's squarespace.com slash grace, offer code grace. Not, not too deep. Are you looking for fitspiration? Getting fit and staying healthy has never been easier than with OpenFit. OpenFit is a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your own living room in as little as 10 minutes a day. OpenFit is great for all fitness levels. Plus, it's affordable and accessible. You view on your computer, web-enabled TV, tablet, smartphone, or even a Roku. And you know one of my favorite hobbies includes not being in the physical presence of others, let alone to work out. So this is an optimum system for me. OpenFit has changed the way I work out. And by texting my code GRACE, G-R-A-C-E, to 303030, you can join me on a fitness journey personalized just for you. Right now, during the OpenFit 30-day challenge, my listeners get a special extended 30-day free trial membership to OpenFit Again, when you text GRACE to 303030, you will get full access to OpenFit. All the workouts and nutrition information totally free. Again, just text GRACE to 303030. Standard message and data rates may apply. Okay, we're back. Let's talk about wrestling. You just sweetly, so kindly gifted me these collectible wrestling cards and an Ultimate Warrior pin. Yeah, man. And it's... um, I'm so glad to be able to talk with someone else that is a sincere wrestling fan. Same. And we've never really talked about wrestling together. Yeah, I've fallen off a little bit. Like going to WrestleMania this year, I felt a little bit like a poser because I was trying to like furiously scramble to figure out what all the storylines were yeah. that were happening. There's so much. There's though. a lot going on. Yeah. Um, but you've your whole life wrestling fan. For the most part, I fell off a little bit in um like after high school. Mm-hmm. Um, like you were busy playing music. I was so busy. <laughs> I was so busy getting my heart all broke up <laughs> and rhyming words. Um, but like 1988, 89, mm-hmm. when I was like super little boy, yeah, <laughs> I would get these like VHS tapes oh, from like- guys that my dad played softball with. And so I've probably watched SummerSlam 88, 10,000 times. <laughs> And then like 91, 92, it would be like what I did on Saturday mornings. Yeah. Even like, I remember I had this TV in my room because I would, my parents would go on and off from like letting me watch it or not. Yeah. And 91, 92 was like super cartoony. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like made up or like a, like a occupational wrestler, yeah. like a cop and a wrestler <laughs> yeah. or like a garbage man and a wrestler. <laughs> and so I was super into it. I had this little t- black and white TV in my room with bunny ears yep. and I would, I would try to get it. <laughs> Um, and it's then, like your version of like scrambled porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, oh yeah, slam him. <laughs> Get mad at the guy. And then uh, the Attitude Era at the end of the '90s and early 2000s. Um, it was, you know, that's when kind of everyone liked it. Mm-hmm. And then it got like real gross. Oh, and so it kind of fell off. Yeah, it got real like graphic and yeah. like blood everywhere. Gr- gr- blood and titties, pretty much. Oh yeah, yeah. was most of it. <laughs> And there was a lot of like, it just felt like icky and weird after a while. Yeah. And so I kind of fell off and then I came back to it and, uh, it's just a lot to like every show they have is like three hours. That's the thing. I record them and then I speed through. I yeah. do like my spark notes version of it from time to time. Yeah. But like going to the shows is fucking nuts. Yeah. And say it. It's like I say my favorite form of theater. It's like if you go to the Renaissance Fair or if you go to Medieval Times, it's the same thing. Yeah. Everyone is the most joyous and like the most like this is where we all belong environment of Everyone all time. Everyone feels comfortable for the first time mm-hmm. since they left their house. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, that's why I always get so fucked up when people are like, um, when people have so much shit to talk about it, mm-hmm. but they are really into Star Wars and shit. <laughs> like I've had so many people talk down to me that are like, oh, that's interesting. Well, Star Wars is a that's a cinematic adventure that spans generations. And uh, I'm like, mm, tell me about it. <laughs> well, there's a bad guy and a good guy and they're fighting. And then there are all these other people. And I'm like, uh-huh. Wow. That's a novel experience. And they do it live or they take 27,000 <laughs> takes to do it. <laughs> it's just so funny what people choose to be like, you know, and I'm no yeah. different, man. I, I, um, you know, I've made friends cry over their love for Harry Potter. <laughs> like, yeah, you like little kid witches. And they're like, you're still watching that thing where people paint their face and shit. Yeah, you literally did that impression like you were doing a promo for like, <laughs> yeah. around, like, you know, kid witches. Let me tell you something about kid witches. 
Oh man, slap into a slim jam. <laughs> yeah. The okay, do you follow it now? Currently, I uh, I mean not. I don't watch every show. Sure, but like I'll try to if there's a pay per view on. Yeah, I really like to watch that. What I do more than anything is like I'll be working at my house mm-hmm. on all these really important internet things that I'm doing. <laughs> And I'll have the network going on in the back. Yeah. And I'll have all the primetime wrestling, which is like uh, Bobby Heenan and um, Gorilla Monsoon at their like late night show Uh talking about wrestling. Or I'll watch the stuff like wrestling superstars that used to be on Saturday mornings. Like I'll watch all that shit and I'll just have a completely (laughs) different experience than when I was like seven. Now I'm 34 and watching the shit that I did when I was seven, like episodically. And I'm like, it's just Fascinating on a, a thousand levels. Yeah. Very it, stimulating. <laughs> <laughs> but you also did, so you worked for the Rocks channel. Yeah, for a little while. Yeah, and you did Wrestling Fred. Yeah. Okay, tell us about this. Because as a kid that grew up on wrestling, this must have been weird and wonderful and also weird. <laughs> it was mostly weird. <laughs> but it's also like crazy career highlight. Yeah. You know? Um, so I was with studio 71 at the time mm-hmm. and they had just signed the rock, the rock and to make his channel, to build him up as a YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah. Now, should we explain who the rock is? Should we catch everybody? <laughs> um, if you guys don't know who the rock is, um, you know, what are you living under a hymn? <laughs> so, uh, I didn't like that. I said that that was a corny. I'll probably never say it. Again. I'll probably say it tonight. So they had this. They set up this thing for him that was like a promo tournament called um, Rock the Promo. Okay. And it was like you could submit all these things and you submit yourself as a fake wrestler and you give a promo. And then if you make it, they pick you. You're basically entered into like a Sweet 16 tournament where you cut promos against other people doing the same thing. It's like March Madness for wrestling. Yes, 100%. For people who are not in shape, people who always (laughs) wanted to be wrestlers. So that's me. Okay. So I had been doing this Wrestling Fred thing on the internet for a long time. Mm -hmm. I used to do this this character on my channel called uh oh hey batman and it was kind of batman but not i wore a batman mask and i acted like the dumbest version of batman uh-huh. and then a new batman movie came out and it was like then everyone started doing that so okay. i'm like i'm out yeah but i used to love doing the character so much and it was just barely batman yeah. so i changed that to a wrestler i'm like why haven't i done a wrestling thing i've yeah. been in love with it my whole life uh-huh So I found this mask, found these gloves, (laughs) and I named this person, and I was doing this. And then I kind of, you know, it it runs its course, and Uh then I kind of fell out of doing it. Then this tournament popped up, and I was like, oh, Fred's going to be in the tournament for sure. (laughs) He'll show up. Um, So they ended up liking it. Uh Uh-huh. And I, I, you know, battled all these people and I did the whole reality show oh, thing wow. of like, you know, you record this stuff from your house and they give you a prompt and you do it. And uh-huh. it was really, really fun. Uh-huh. And I made it to like the semifinals and then I got voted out by, I think Mick Foley voted me out. <laughs> and he was like, it seems like you're trying to be a wrestler, but you're not a real wrestler. And I'm like, hey, Mick. Do you understand yeah. This contest? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mick, obviously. Yeah, um, then I, I did... The thing I was supposed to do. Right, right. (laughs) But so I lost in the tournament, but Uh but the producers of the show loved the character so much and Mm -hmm. thought it was so unique. Yeah. That um, they invited me back for the finale, which took place in Vegas. (gasps) So the finale was like, you do your promo live at the other you know, the two finalists yeah. and the rock is there and he's like officiating the whole oh thing. Oh my God. Him and Joe Santiago. Do you know him? No. Who's that? Uh, he's a, a YouTube person from New York, but he's okay. very funny. Okay. Italian kid. He reminds me a lot of my friends growing up. Fun. So he was like the host of the whole tournament. Okay. And then the rock comes in and then they brought me back in as like a run in <laughs> to like roast the two finalists and then leave. Okay. <laughs> so I did that and it was like the highlight of my career. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, there's no stakes, you yeah. know, because I'm not winning You're or not losing anything. anymore. Yeah. I'm, and The Rock introduces me as like, uh, before I, I pick a winner, I'm going to, uh, my friend's going to come in and he's going to tell you what he thinks. So I'm like being brought in as this fake, car- like wrestling Fred yeah, yeah. has <laughs> been that, flown. That sounds like he's introducing a more famous person that's yeah, going to come yeah, in. Before and do- I could say anything. <laughs> Wrestling Fred has to give us his two cents and let me (laughs) allowed to speak, you know? So, uh, I'm like going over what I'm going to say. And I come in and I, I roast these two people and I struggle to get in and out of the ropes. And I do this whole bit. And then I meet him afterwards. Dude, a thing about the rock is like, 
you know, you see him on all his Instagram things yeah. and he's like shaking hands with people or whatever, but he's really like that. Oh yeah. And he saw me in the corner of the room and he was like, Fred, do you want a picture? And I got the mask on the whole time because I'm in character. I'm not going to break kayfabe just because the rock is here, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so we take a picture and, you know, he's like the whole time from the second he got there, mm-hmm. Like we rehearsed it like we were a pit crew. Like we're going to come in and we're going to do this for 15 minutes. And then he's out. He has to go be on a jet to somewhere else. So we did that and it was so efficient. And his like handler Mm -hmm. is like, we got to go. We got to go. And he's staying to like do little videos and pictures with everyone. Uh, It's fucking awesome. Yeah. So then the contest ended and then the producers and the the writers of the show were like do you want to like be on the rocks channel as this dude <laughs> so we shot like four or five episodes of this thing uh-huh. which the audience like they liked fred from the the contest but sure. the rock himself wasn't involved in every episode right so the views kind of went down a little bit and then they had to get rid of me after that <laughs> but uh i i was able to do something with Polly shore which was a huge Amazing. thing because I had been watching Pauly Shore uh, all my life yeah. on like MTV and the movie Son-in-Law. Oh I rented God. from Blockbuster a thousand <laughs> times. And uh, and also like his mom is obviously Mitzi and she opened the comedy store. So that was a huge fucking mm-hmm. thing. And uh, it was just awesome to be like, like The Rock is our generation's yeah. ever. He's the he's most massive. popular actor ever. And he's just like a Renaissance man. Yeah. Like he has so many different like, passions and he does it and he like kind of the the thing that I really like he was a guest on the e-show that I did years ago and it was the same thing he came and he introduced himself to every single crew member everyone he literally had like a hard out and like we had no air conditioning and he's sweating like crazy but he's not complaining a bit about yeah. anything he's being so kind of here ha 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 yeah exactly <laughs> meanwhile he's like literally pouring sweat down his face and like any other like a-list actor would be like i can't do this i don't look good on camera yeah. he's like so just like grateful and gracious in this way that you're like no you're not allowed to be grateful i'm grateful that you're here stop out like gratituding right. me right now and he knows he doesn't it's like it, it's raining on a statue oh, it's it insane, look bad. but it's a lot like, you know, from WWE to like actually mainstream acting, like YouTube to doing comedy yeah. kind of thing that it's like he doesn't he's he's proud of his whole career in the WWE. And it's like given him the platform to jump to other things. And yeah. I'm just like always inspired by that, that I'm like. Yeah, yeah, I should be proud of the things I've I've done. <laughs> right? I mean, that's what I like about to be totally honest, like mm-hmm. we've never we've known I've known about you forever. Yeah. But we've never really hung out. We run into each other at like a VidCon or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've never like really hung out outside of like a VidCon party mm-hmm. or whatever. And when we started like hanging out in yeah. like a friendship capacity, I was like Oh man, I hope she's cool. Like, I don't know anything about her. (laughs) And then I think that's one of the things that you instantly, as soon as you have like a a conversation about work, you recognize the people who work really hard. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh dude, she fucking, she fucking gets it. Well, that's, I mean, I had the same conversation with Joe Barreto when he was on here Mm -hmm. that I was like, this is the first time we're actually like talking about anything. And we share a lot of similar points of view about things. And like, I respect you very much. And this is very nice and sweet. Um, Dude, another thing is we were so... You should know that, like, the hardworking YouTube community Mm -hmm. was so proud of you for the E thing. Oh, thanks. Like, we were like, oh, she fucking. That was like the kick in the door open type thing. (laughs) That was very sweet. It was a weird time, but it was very sweet. Oh, I get it. Um, And, you know, some things work, some things don't. I'm championing Lily Singh now. I'm like, Uh get it, girl. Like, continue this, like, emerging of both sides of everything. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, what, what's the rock going to do next? Will he probably ever- go back to YouTube? <laughs> He's going to do stand up now. Also, what happens to wrestling Fred? I mean, I'm not, I can't speak for, okay. for Fred, for Fred but yeah. he's, you know, he's He'll sitting be here next, next week. So. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I always think about what my, uh, I have a loose idea of if I ever did WWE as like my retirement plan, which is unfathomable because I realized that all the women in WWE are like max 26 years old. Yeah. So I'm uh, fully out of that age range uh-huh. now, but I would be the hangover and I'd come down just totally hungover wearing yeah. sweatpants, not be good at wrestling and really make those women that are absolutely fantastic athletes yeah. shine even more. Smart. 
I mean, if they need me, that's I'll a good be gimmick. Here. I'll be here. Yeah. I'll go heal. I'm waiting around for the second attitude era. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you yeah. can say the f word on, on cable uh, television. No, <laughs> yeah, hold me back. Hold yeah. me back. Get these kids out of here, and I'll show you what the hangover <laughs> could do. <laughs> um, how did you get your mic in the morning? Mic made. The mic flag. Yeah. There's a place in Connecticut that does it. <laughs> Yeah, they're too expensive for sure. And so I would shout them out. <laughs> but they're like, really, it's die cut, like a fancy sticker. I know, it's very impressive. It's my favorite thing that I have. I have a replica championship belt that Zoya gave me that I had to win. And I have a microphone flag that says Mike in the morning. How long have you been doing Mike in the morning for now? A couple years, man. I thought like that was one of those things where it's like I was given this <sighs> – from the time that I was in Connecticut to when I moved, uh, you know, a couple of years into um, being in LA, I mm -hmm. was doing this this thing where I would give advice to people, and I've kind of gone back to that. Yeah, but it got very heavy for a while, mm -hmm. and I was like, I started giving this like good and funny life advice after having a couple like really bad health scares and like yeah. not knowing if I was going to come out of the hospital and stuff like that. So I had this new lease on life, and I. I made a promise to myself that I would never talk about shit that I don't know about, obviously, because mm -hmm. you shouldn't do that. Yep. So I was like, anything that I've done in my 20s or teens that I have any kind of takeaway from where I could give this knowledge to somebody else to just save them a little bit of time. Yeah. That's my purpose. Because yeah. I was like, when I'm when I was in the hospital, I was like, oh, I could legitimately not come out of this building. So time becomes the most important thing that you have. Wow. So if I could save other people time by being like, oh, if someone's treating you like that, that means this and this and this and fuck them and on to the next, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and I just wanted to give that to a younger generation of people. And I still want to do that. I think that's great because it's, it's it's packaged in a very funny way, but then when you actually unwrap what you're saying, it's very sincere advice to yeah. people, which I think it caught me off guard a little bit when I was like watching a bunch of them recently that I was like, oh no, this is actually great advice, even though it's hilarious the way that you're presenting it, but it's like, no, this is genuine. This is really cool. I think, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the thing that makes it valuable at all. Like mm -hmm. obviously like even my views have gone like way, way down, but I think the yeah. people who are, who are watching and like, I think they get it and I mm -hmm. think they get a lot out of it. Um, and that's all I ever wanted. You it's guys, not for everybody. No. And it's cause you guys, you don't want 15 million views on something that no one cares about. Right, you know? right, right. And for then, sure. Cause that's the cool thing. When I saw you and Elliot do shows in Boston, I was like, this w room of people that are here to watch you guys is so warm and engaged with you. Like, this is what you want. You don't want to sell out a 3000 seat theater with people that are like, what, who is this? Why yeah. am I here? Yeah, yeah. It was just like wonder, a wonderful group of people that just like really want to hear and are like phones off. I'm here present with these people because yeah. I care about them. But I mean, that's another part of like earning your place in the stand up community is mm -hmm. like trying to kill in front of audiences that don't give a fuck about you or your yeah. following or your YouTube presence. And, uh, and that's where you, you earn your spot, I think. And I'm very proud of that as well. No, it's but super cool. It's like two completely different experiences. Is, okay. Because the most recent one that I watched, this episode will go up way later, but uh, was the, when someone says, I love you. <laughs> uh, and like three things not to say when someone yeah. says, I love you, if you're not prepared to say it back. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned Zoya, your wife, in that. Do you and Zoya have She a, still doesn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have a... Has there been a decision uh, collectively of like how much of your personal life you're allowed to share? No. Because I know you guys like, have your own podcast too. Yeah. Yeah. We just kind of have common sense about it. <laughs> you respect each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, we're weird. also very like, I don't know. I We don't really look at it in any specific way, really. We just mm -hmm. talk whatever comes out. Yeah. You know? That you trust each other enough to not say too much or yeah. not make the other person look terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, even if she said something to make me look terrible, like, she's the realest person I know. Yeah. So I'm like, either I deserve it <laughs> or, like, it'll be at the very least, it'll be a very genuine conversation. Yeah, yeah. That'll be like an eye-opening experience yeah. of, like, 
oh, okay, this is a learning moment. Yeah. This is a teaching moment. Like, why should I be the only one not learning something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Okay. Um, speaking of all of these wonderful people that love you, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we have so many Twitter questions oh, for great. you. If you do not mind um, answering mm-hmm. those for us, we'll, we'll be right back. I have nowhere to be until 1130 tonight. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we'll be right back. We're not too deep. No, no, no. Wow, thank you, me, for throwing to me to give you guys a break from listening to all that blah, 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 so that I could tell you about Bud Light Chilada. Are you craving flavor and refreshment this summer? Pick up one of the three flavors of Bud Light Chilada. We got original, extra lime, and the newest member of the family, mango. Bud Light Chilada is perfect for drinking at brunch on the beach, or just hanging out with friends in the sunshine, the original Chilada brings you the crisp, refreshing taste of Bud Light with the rich signature taste of a Clamato tomato cocktail. This distinctive blend delivers a flavor that truly refreshes. Then you got the Chilada Extra Lime, which delivers a tropical citrusy spin on the classic Chilada flavor. Sorry, I got so tongue-tied because my mouth is watering. And then you got the newest member of the family, Chilada Mango. Ooh, add a tropical touch of summertime to your flavor profile. And, you know, it's best to enjoy your Chilada. Gently rotate the chilled can once before pouring. Then pour over ice and garnish with a slice of lime, some celery, or mango. Salt the rim of your glass. Add a dash of hot sauce for even more kick. And there you go. Now you're... A very experienced bartender, and no one will know the difference. Pick up a Bud Light Chilada today and learn more at BudLight.com. Go to BudLight.com. Bud Light Chilada. Flavor that refreshes. Not, not too deep. This episode of Not Too Deep is brought to you by a company that not only do I love saying out loud as um, a supportive company of this podcast, but also I think that they will provide a product for you that you will love. It's Ant. Fannies. You heard it right, Aunt Fannies. For years, we've been told that clean meant one thing, sanitize. It's supposed to be healthy, but sanitizers and disinfectants wipe out everything, all the good, uh, healthy stuff along with any of the bad. So like your gut, turns out your home has a microbiome too, and research is starting to show that this like kill them all approach uh, may be going too far with negative effects on our health and especially for kids. Now Aunt Fanny's brings probiotics to your home and your hands with their new microcosmic line. You heard that correctly, I think. Microcosmic line. These household cleansers uh, and hand soaps add good with probiotic power. Each has an extract of beneficial bacteria plus super effective plant-based ingredients to be tough enough on dirt and gentle on you. These formulas are non-toxic, cruelty-free, and have 100% essential oil scent, so there's no fake fragrance. Fake fragrance. There's no. There's none of it. No fake fragrances here. They're hypoallergenic and dermatologist tested too. Um, So what are you waiting for? Why stop at just natural cleaning when you can do one better with probiotics? Shop now at antfannies.com/good and get twenty percent off your entire order with coupon code Grace G R A C E at checkout. Again, because I love saying it out loud. That's antfannies.com/good coupon code Grace. Mike Calzone. Oh, I've man, been Grace. told to tell you that that's how the correct pronunciation of your name goes. Grace, you know you're funnier than that. No, I know. No, that was an <laughs> Elliot Morgan joke. <laughs> <laughs> so trust me, I know I'm funnier than that. <laughs> Mike Calzone? Got him. Fucking <laughs> roasted. Oh, okay. Uh, before we oh, because gonna- it sounds like Calzone. Calzone? Are you, wait, is this a genuine epiphany for you right no, now? No, but I like <laughs> fucking around like I've never heard that. Before. I was like, oh no, he has to leave now. <laughs> okay, before we get into these sort of questions, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every single guest that's on the podcast. Cool. And the first is who, alive or dead, would you most want to throw cold spaghetti at? Yeah, I know. How long do people normally take to answer this question? It varies. Sometimes people don't come up with an answer because they take it very seriously. I think I'm doing that. (laughs) So is this somebody that like you don't like? It's entirely up to you. You're the master of your own intention. 
Okay, so check this out. Okay. When I was a baby, my <laughs> dad, on. I was sleeping, and my dad, for whatever reason, <laughs> dropped a cold, wet towel on my stomach. And my mom- And do you remember this? No, 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 no. But I hear the story every time I go home. Like it just happened and they're trying to remind, like never forget type thing. So that happened. My mom got very upset and obviously I woke up crying and she was like, why did you do that? My dad's like, I don't, I don't Wait, know. First of all, what's your dad just doing walking around with a cold, wet towel? Well, he's a father. You have him. <laughs> uh, it's a preparedness thing. Oh, yeah. So I think I would like to go home. And wait until my dad is fast asleep in his recliner and the Mets are on TV. And then I'm going to pull up his little shirt and I'm going to just drop, <laughs> drop guns to get out of sight. <laughs> Take that, Guido. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Paisan Abundanza. Uh, God, that, yeah. I mean, it's a sweet retaliation so many years later. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I love that. Okay, the other question is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or a close call, but you can only use three words or small phrases. So, for instance, mine is college jogging front lawn. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> buffalo chicken, <laughs> drive fast gas station. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much flavor in that story. Yeah, wow. Dude. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, no follow up questions there. Thank you so much. You're welcome. No further questions. <laughs> Please respect my privacy at this time. Um, okay. Let's get into these Twitter questions. Someone, Eric, wants to know: Do you miss making music? Yeah, very recently. Really? Do you do you know Tessa Violet? Yeah. We've been friends for a long time, yeah. so she's coming into her own as like this. Fucking she's an amazing. Life. Her and Dodie have been touring. Yeah. 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 So I'll go see her when she's in town. I'll go see her perform. Mm -hmm. And just like she opened up for this band called Coin. Oh, I don't recently. know. Recently, okay. I didn't know them either, but apparently they're they're real popular. Cool. But she's just like playing uh, electric guitar with her awesome band she had this amazing drummer yeah and uh in front of this massive group of people jumping up and down simultaneously and i was like oh i remember that that feeling but i had so much like i was the dude in the band who wanted to make it and yeah. then my two friends were just like stoked to play music but yeah. they were very much like one worked at a bank one worked in construction mm -hmm. so i was like the dude and i was always like more stressed out and working hard and then like we would have fun intermittently. Right, right, right. But I miss like being loud with my friends in New York City at like one o'clock in the morning. Oh, there's still time. Yeah. Not with back. them. Not with them. Because they're like <laughs> regular real people now. They're like, yeah, we've moved on. We yeah. we were ready to keep doing this. Yeah. But Mr. Hollywood over here. Yeah, man. Um, someone to know, do you agree that Zoya is more famous than you are? <sighs> I would say if we're being <laughs> honest, she's not. <laughs> but she is better than me in every other way. Okay. And being famous is not conducive to being better than someone else we've seen. That's fair. Okay. But she is, she's a better, more real, more dude. The thing about Zoya that I admire the most out of any, her work ethic or, mm -hmm. or anything is the fact that like her good person radar yeah. is like, in, I used to think that I was the best judge of character and mm -hmm. I'm very good. Yeah. But she is like, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. You know, those basic white girls who are like, my gaydar is on board. <laughs> <laughs> she's like what they think they are. Yeah. 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 She's the yeah. actual for like, barometer people. for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally fair. And I've, I can tell that in her for sure. That yeah. I think you guys are both just sugar to the core. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, just real actual humans yeah so she's better but i'm more famous for sure yeah if i want to go by <laughs> social media numbers which is the only measure of value in the human society that we live in currently um check the numbers <laughs> i mean look at the numbers please who has the check <laughs> oh so gross i'm gonna get hit um someone said daft humor says how much do you miss source fed i miss it every day i miss i um I felt worse for the people who, when that whole thing ended, yeah, 
I felt worse for the people who woke up and watched that every day. Cause I get that. Yeah. And like I had, when I was having fun there, I had so much fun there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we made everything our own and we, you know, we tweaked some stuff and obviously there was a whole group of people who hated it because it wasn't the original four. Yeah. But then the group of people who was there at the end fucking loved each other and, and watched out for each other and was like, there was no vindictiveness at all. Like everyone was fucking, you know, holding each other up and supporting mm-hmm. each other and like all this shit. But it wasn't always like that. Sure. And um, and the audience was so good to all of us. Yeah. And so when we got fired, it was like it almost like wasn't even like woe is us mm-hmm. um, because everyone's talented enough in whatever they do to find a different job or whatever. Yeah. But I felt bad for the people who maybe felt like not marginalized, but just felt like, um, they relied on this thing every day. And yeah. then all of a sudden this thing left yeah. out of nowhere. And then they're like, wait a minute. I trusted you guys to be consistent in my life. Yeah. And now you're not here. How? Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, we can't, we don't have control of this. Because some dude didn't think it was a viable. <laughs> but the cool thing is you guys all built genuine friendships out of it 100%. and you all work together consistently and you things like dynamic banter and stuff like that, that like live on and breathe outside of this ecosystem that you yeah. guys were all kind of this biodome that you guys were all in for a little bit. Yeah. And everything good ends. And I don't know, uh, who would still be there if we were still doing it every day and yeah. yada yada. So sometimes things it's good like that things end in like spectacular fashion like that. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. it, it went out in this really weird, sad yeah. tone. Uh-huh. And then like, think about, there would never be a Sugar Pine 7 if no. there wasn't a, you know, and so many people love that. Yeah. And, um, you know, same thing with the Valley Folk mm-hmm. and, uh, and all that. Yeah, so. no, it uh, it it evolved. Mm-hmm. Let's just say it's like a fucking Pokemon. And yeah, they, whatever they do, they the, when they change into the other one that goes. You know how the pocket men do. Yeah, the the pokey women that you know. <laughs> please, <laughs> pokey women, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, someone's know what initially sparked his interest to start stand up. Um, being enamored by stand up. And, yeah. and the challenge of like, I never thought I was smart enough to do it. Like I was saying before, it's like, dude, I've been watching stand up and like VHS tapes that my dad had, you know, taped off of HBO forever and yeah. ever. Like Rodney Dangerfield used to have this like variety stand up show on, on HBO that I've watched so many episodes of and like comic relief and watching George Carlin and Richard Pryor. And mm-hmm. I was like, those people are just like different. Yeah. And in reality, they're just grown-ups who pay attention and have their their very, you know, their core belief system and they have a point opinions of view. on things and mm-hmm. point of view, very strong clear point of view. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, I'm never going to be that." And then like you almost die a couple times mm-hmm. and then you get that and yeah. I was like, "I have some stuff to say." <laughs> and like more than anything to be especially on the internet, like everyone mm. gets so sad and doomsday about shit yeah like the world is dying and blah 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 and all this sad horse shit that Mm -hmm. people dump into the world and like this echo chamber of sadness and then just very simply to remove a guitar and to remove any shields between you and the audience and to just be a person with a thing that makes your voice louder making a room full (laughs) of people happy yeah there's nothing in the world that's better total joy yeah total Total joy. And also connecting with someone that also goes, ha ha, in a way that's like currency of, yes, I agree. I also have that point of view, or yeah. I didn't realize that I have that point of view that you have or yeah. observation that you had is just like magical. Dude, even with like, and I don't get super into this. Mm-hmm. I, it's another, um, as a result of like not being smart enough and not being <laughs> like, um, uh, as aware as uh-huh. I should be, but I have one or two, I think really clever jokes about like race relations uh-huh. and especially like a couple years ago. I mean, it's always kind of, it always is what it is, but yeah. a couple years ago when things were getting like really, really bad to be able to say these jokes and then to be approached by like a person of color mm-hmm. afterwards and just to sit down and have this fucking awesome conversation about why they like the joke. And I'm like, this is like, if cool. we pass each other on the street, it's like we have no 
real reason to talk to each other in mm. depth about anything. Mm -hmm. But like, if you get a joke and you see where I'm coming from and you see that I'm trying to understand where you're coming from, and then we could sit down and have a conversation like that's the country's so divided, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. but it's, and I'm sorry to make that noise so close on the microphone. No, it's great. We needed it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much of that you get here, but um, it's just needed and necessary. Yeah. And everyone's like, Oh, the stand up thing. Everyone's getting into stand up. When's the bubble going to burst? And I'm like, as long as that shit keeps happening, mm -hmm. like it's important. Oh, you know? yeah, I agree. Especially when someone's willing, like it opens up conversation and dialogue from like a respectful point of view yeah. that you, like you said, if you pass someone on the street, you wouldn't, why would you just tap someone on the shoulder and be like, I have something that I'd like to talk to you yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, No, and I think you're a great kind of like tentpole of welcoming conversation from a very sort of optimistic point of view about like finding mutual ground or finding oh, yeah. common ground in some way rather than just being like no I have my opinion so yours are completely invalid to me and yeah. not worth my time or energy to even like brain about right now yeah well you're stupid until you learn about shit there you go and you hate shit while you know if you're unfamiliar and scared about it mm -hmm. so the more you can learn and familiarize yourself with everything it's like you become a well-rounded person. Shit, fucking write a self-help book already. I know you already wrote a book. I did, it didn't do super great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only YouTuber that wasn't published <laughs> by a company. It's, you know, there was a phase and that also became nuts. Uh, <laughs> uh, 2010, everybody gets a book. Everyone, you get a book. <laughs> and you're going to be in an airport somewhere. Dude, I remember when I did my shit, Cause I was like one of the first people to do that. It was and then I would talk weird. to people and they would be like, well, why would anyone buy this, a book from like a YouTube person? And I was like, watch. And then I did a Kickstarter thing mm -hmm. and it got filled up like that. Uh -huh. And I was like, see, now I keep all my own money. Yeah. And then all these companies were like, oh, then we should do that. Yeah. And then people did that. It was very weird. I remember Hannah did it and I was like, I think I'll try that. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, it happens and then everyone had a book. But um, it's a fun challenge. It's a very, it's a different muscle. Yeah. Especially because I'm, I, you didn't have a ghostwriter. I didn't have a ghostwriter. So everything I is. I wish. Oh, God, no, <laughs> I don't wish. I think I'd be like, I don't want to read the chapter that you sent me. Can yeah. you just like tell me the abridged version of it? Right. Does it sound like I would have written <laughs> Does it? Does it sound like me? Um, someone wants to know who's your favorite Valley Folk member? Oh man, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he might be the most talented one of all. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't know we were talking about talent. Yeah, Kevin for sure. <laughs> Not even close. I don't know why I hesitated. Uh, someone's know, are your ankles okay? What happened to your ankles? I don't want to talk about Got that. Got it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and shame on that person. What's that person's name? That is uh, 1017. <laughs> 1017 blocked. <laughs> um, Zoya started this thing on our podcast. We we're um, me and her were playing basketball at the park, and then we played basketball. <laughs> Wait, you guys play basketball together? We that's, used to. That's cute as heck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, we obviously don't do that anymore um, because of this situation. And we played against like a grandfather and his granddaughter, Wait, who was like. What? Okay. Yeah. Wait. Well, hey, guys, we'll, we'll okay. play whoever, whoever's at the park. Wait, you guys play? Oh, I thought you played one on one against each other. We were. That's how it you, started. And then you started to hustle people at the park. Yeah. Well, we got to make money. Uh, this fourteen-year-old like AAU girl came up and she was like, "Let's go, player." And I was like, "Zoya's wearing jeans, so we're gonna do <laughs> we're gonna do our best, you know." So we played them and her grandfather. And I remember I was guarding her, and she did this thing. She she like crossed me up, and then she goes ankles. And you can't do that when you don't really, if you don't make someone fall down, you can't yell ankles. And then I got super upset, and I think Zoya scratched her at one point. So it became a story where like Mike got crossed up by this 14 year old girl in the park, which wasn't true. And now it's just this thing that people that they won't let go. Uh, that's so fucking funny. So uh, this is my that's my load to bear. When was the last time you guys hustled at the park? It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get you two ankle braces and get you back out there. <sighs> Thanks for jumping on the wrong bandwagon, Grace. <laughs> that is so fucking funny. Oh my <laughs> god. Um. Someone said, "What's your advice for someone that wants to do stand up but is terrified of it?" We got a lot of those kind of questions. You just gotta do it. I mean, it's the thing where it's like you gotta be okay with knowing that there's so many times in stand up that you think you 
you have something figured out yeah, and you don't mm -hmm. and you got to be okay with that. And it's like a lot of people, especially today, and this is a reason why I'm not like worried about my job or think I'm in competition with anyone ever. Mm -hmm. It's because it takes so long and it takes so much discipline and trying and, and sa sacrificing your own personal time mm -hmm. to get even halfway decent at it. And you're, you either have the mind to do that or you don't. Yeah. And, um, it's like resilience, understanding that failure is not complete, that it's yeah. only like a stepping stone. Because that's, I think, my biggest fear of it is like, if I fail, I will be too hard on myself to even try again. Yeah. And I think a lot of people probably have that kind of point of view about it. Mm -hmm. And I could see that. It's a scary thing. It's all about like destroying your, as much of your ego as you possibly can. That's true. Yeah. And being like, oh, like you do this thing because you think you're funny or your friends have been like, you should do stand up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you don't want to do that and be like, oh, I'm not funny. Yeah. Like I put myself in front of, there's this whole thing where like I was taught that stand up because it's in a cold room and mm -hmm. because it's in front of a, a brick wall, it's supposed to simulate an execution. And you get there and everyone's wants to see if you, if you kill or if you get killed. Yeah. You know? And so you're doing that every single time. Whoa. I've never heard that before. That's how I was taught. Wow. Someone was the real <laughs> militia base. Yeah, you could tell the, the old grizzled comedians are like, yeah. this is what it is. Do you want this? Do you think you're this funny? Um, okay, last question. Uh, someone's now ask him how he first started using the term horny in everyday conversation. Hell yeah, player. <laughs> Uh, when you scan through your <laughs> Twitter for literally upwards of five seconds, yeah. or if you do like a command F, find this word on this page, horny is uh, maybe your most commonly used word. Yeah, for sure. Without question. <laughs> um, it's just, first of all, it's the funniest word that there is. And it's also like a personal connection with my home and the friends that I had from my home. Okay. My friend, uh, George Perm, who is an amazing artist. Uh, he has a tattoo shop in Stratford, Connecticut called mm -hmm. Forest Ashore. Okay. He's like amazing. He doesn't give a shit about anything. And me and him used to say, we'd be like horny jacket, horny <laughs> this, horny whatever. And it's so, it catches people so off guard. Uh-huh. Um, it's just the funniest. It's 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 funnier to know exactly what you mean and to wait for somebody else's reaction to yeah, that. No, and then I say it so casually that people are <laughs> it's like it's become so colloquial for you. It's yeah. just like it's like saying cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Like horny, horny, horny. <laughs> Dude, you look through the Twitter feed and it is what it is. But think about like <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen my text to Elliot. <laughs> to I have not been privy to those. No. Yeah, it's all obnoxious. But, uh, I'm sure it is. That's my friend Michelle and I used to say tits in the mouth all cool, the time. Cool, cool, cool. That's thought, along the same lines. Yeah, that was our thing, and we said it so casually with each other, yeah. and like in videos and stuff. That I remember saying it like in group settings and being like, "Oh, right, that's not a phrase that people use to say like that's awesome." Like, yeah. oh, that's tits in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, this has lost all actual yeah. meaning to me. And you see people like going through their mental image of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess skateboarding is kind of tits in the mouth. <laughs> what are you saying like that? Oh, yeah. I guess this yogurt is horny. <laughs> oh, I love it. Mike, thank you so much for being Thanks here. Thanks for having me, Of man. course, before you go, every guest that's on our podcast gets a personalized fortune cookie from us to you. Um, perfect. Yep. Smash it. <laughs> Smash it. <clears throat> this has nothing in it. Mm, it does. It, <laughs> that's really good. That's, we need that ASMR. Thank you. Who did this part? That's on Melissa. <laughs> you got to jam it in there somehow. It's the a, Chinese don't. We don't. We don't. We don't know. We haven't done our research. <laughs> you need to hire a Chinese person. Okay. Okay. I'm not a great reader, so <laughs> take your time. I was in the slow reading class, <laughs> which was in a closet, by the way. <laughs> they took the dumb kids and they put us in a closet. Like, you write your words too close together. Get in the closet. <laughs> and then I didn't learn about dyslexia until I was like 27. It's like, just say dyslexia. <laughs> put me in a closet. Okay. You may say you're not Jesus. But we've also never seen you two in the same room. So I have a joke about this. Do you? And I say I look like the version of Jesus that white people hope there is. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah. That's like if you true. die, 
and you see me and I'm just like, hey, you're all right. Hey, man, I died for your sins. What's up? Hey, you were fine. I've been up here for a while. I know I'm supposed to come back. I just haven't set my like alarm to it. <laughs> I'll be back soon. Keep on praying. I'll Thanks. get to it. I'll get to it. <laughs> Keep on praying. I appreciate you. Big fan. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers just for me. I'll be back. Yeah. Um, okay, Mike, where can people find you online, in person, et cetera, et cetera? Um, anywhere you could spell my name, I show up on the internet. <laughs> That's Mike Falzone. Apparently, it sounds like Calzone. I don't hear it. Uh, I'm all over LA all the time doing stand up. And then I keep forgetting to shout out these dates that I have with. Um, this might come out after these dates, but go oh, for after it. the Elliot stuff? Is this coming out? Yeah, after May. This might be out after oh, okay. That. I have no other shows. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they follow you on Twitter or any of your social media. You yeah. promote your shows like crazy. All and so time. everything's there for them yeah. to follow. And they can listen to Dynamic Banter. Dynamic Banter. And what's the podcast with Zoya? Uh, welcome to our podcast. Welcome and then if you're more of a YouTube person, I do this show uh, called Mike in the Morning, which is like a ridiculous morning show every Tuesday. And then, uh, yeah, Tuesday and Friday I have new videos coming out. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you again, Thanks Mike. This me, was man. so fun. Yeah. We'll see you guys next time on an episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. With Grace Helbig. Again, this episode of Not Too Deep has been brought to you by one of my favorite companies to say out loud, Aunt Fannies. For years, we've known about probiotics for our guts, yet our cleaning supplies are busy wiping out all the good with the bad. So bring probiotic power to your home with new microcosmic cleaners and hand soaps from Aunt Fannies. They add good with a beneficial bacteria extract plus safe plant-based cleaners. They're tough on dirt, gentle on you. Shop Aunt fannies.com slash good and use the coupon code grace at checkout for 20% off your entire order. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated, producer and edited by Melissa D. Montz, writing by Diane Kang, production assistance by Katrina Henning, post-production sound by Chris Henry, and an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. <laughs> <laughs>